So I guess uh, Chaz and I got the memo of uh, being, you know, summertime festive. I don't know if you got the memo there, Mike. Summertime festive? Well, you know, we're wearing wearing tropical stuff. You're wearing all black in a dungeon. Uh, Well, well, hold on. No, no, it's not that type of show. (laughs) There, now it's like I'm by the pool. That's amazing. Hold on, I, hold on. I, got a I got a shirt. I'll be back. Hold on. <laughs> for those that um, I'm trying to get you in the know here, we waited for Mike for like ten minutes to come here. Now we have to wait another few minutes for him to come back, so we can actually start the show now, physically. Because he um, had to get naked, apparently, on camera. I guess so. So I guess it's our time to banter here, Chaz. Um, I resist the urge. Uh, um, let, let's go on and get started with the show. <laughs> he'll, he'll catch up when he gets here. Actually, let's end the show, see what happens then. You yeah, come back. End it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess with that, lights out. Welcome into another edition of One Starting Grid. Um, I guess you could like, share, and subscribe. I don't know if you want to do that now, but... Uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Former Racing. Email us, please. Email us if you have a topic for us, theformerracing at gmail.com. We are right in the middle of the summer break. We are trying to be festive, trying to, you know, wait for the start of the fall season because it is some news going on, not just uh, speculation of different circuits. Or might be canceled coming up here real soon. We'll probably discuss that next week. But also the main topic right now, Ashton Martin's appeal was denied by the stewards. Let me read an article here from Formula One. They said that Ashton Martin has failed in their bid to have Sebastian Vettel's disqualification from the Hungarian Grand Prix reviewed by the stewards. Vettel finished second on the track by the Hungarian both Quickly disqualified when the FIA were unable to requ- take the required or liter fuel sample from his car following the race, as per the technical regulations. After ruling, the team immediately said that they would appeal, while also seeking a right to review in order to try to reverse the decision. On Monday afternoon, the stewards heard from the team bosses to hear their cases under FIA rules. In order to secure a right to review, they must show significant and relevant new evidence to the stewards. After hearing the FIA reveal that the Esther Martin has discovered that a faulty fuel cap meant a significant amount of fuel was inevitable discharge from the fuel car, uh, from car five, meaning that FIA personnel could only extract 0.3 liters. Therefore, the officials dismissed the required of the review, which means Vettel's disqualification from the race stands pending further appeal from Ashton Martin, which the team says they're still considering. But as of right now, uh, this is fresh off the press from former one itself. Ashton Martin withdrew their appeal against Vettel's Hungary and Grand Prix disqualification. So with all that, welcome back in Mike with a nice little festive shirt. We take all that in. So basically um, all this we were talking about last week and the week before from uh, Ashton Martin's appeal the stewards and the teams could only extract 0.3 fuel liters from 
the number five car, uh, which is required a zero a one point zero fuel sample out of the car. So that Chaz, your take on it? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, we talked a bit about it in the uh, the last show. I think it's disappointing um, to say the least. I I, I like. I think F1 is better when Sebastian Vettel is doing well, right? Um, he's, you know, he, he's a great, he's a fan favorite. A lot of people love to see him. So, um, yeah, it's it's disappointing. What about you there, Mike? Yeah, I have to agree with Chaz on this. I mean, it, <clears throat> it seems like a, a pretty petty thing to be disqualified for, to be honest with you. Uh I, with me, it rolls back to intent. If someone's going to get punished for something, there has to be intent behind it. If it's something that's out of their control, that it's a mechanical failure or just some sort of glitch in the system, that there is no intent behind it to deceive or didn't give any unfair advantage, then I don't, I don't think disqualifying somebody is the right punishment. I mean, it's not like you took somebody else out of the race or anything, right? No, no, absolutely not. But and. For that, too, it's just well, probably one of the reasons why he had to stop on the side of the track there and run back to the pit lane to get uh, second place at the time. Uh, then it's especially removed from it. But um, Yeah, but that's not, that's not anything that's out of the ordinary. We've had people run out of gas before and have to – cars didn't make it back to pit lane. Yeah. We could, you know uh, – I mean, there's a year that a world championship was won, and Alan Prost walked back to the pit lane. And I mean, I don't think <clears throat> there's there's no precedent that says that you'd be disqualified because your car doesn't make it back to pit lane after crossing the start finish line. Now, what happened with that is though, um, that's how I guess they caught that decision. Is um, someone said that it's like they caught it because he couldn't finish uh, all the way through the. Uh, until like the, uh, but what advantage did, did that give him? I don't know. It, there's there's no advantage gained, so the punishment doesn't fit the crime. It it should not go against Vettel. It should have gone against against Ashton Martin some way. If that was the case, if they broke a rule, like a monetary fine or something, but you shouldn't take his place away because it didn't give him any. It didn't give him any advantage in the race. No, absolutely not. I don't know what. I don't know what the stewards are thinking, but then again, I don't know what the stewards are thinking all any of the time. So, well, well, that's the thing, guys. We're we're not hundred percent sure that it doesn't give them an advantage. But, but this is how, true. how would it give them an advantage? The yeah. car is a little bit lighter, so the car could go a little bit faster. Talking, all the cars have about the same amount of fuel at the end of the race anyway, and I don't think half a pound is going to make a difference, especially when you're driving an Aston Martin. I mean, for Christ's sake, uh, Hamilton came back from 14 down. And, and, you know, so I don't think it gave him an advantage other than <clears> – <throat> I, I don't think there was any advantage there. I really don't. But, the, I mean, I would have there, – there could have been a monetary fine maybe. Yeah. You know, cost, him a, cost him a position in the next race would even be – I mean – it has to be one of those things where you have to shoot. To take somebody's place away, to me, I think you would have to show intent. Yeah. If it's just a mistake that happened or, you know, faulty equipment, then 
you know, that's that's no way to take away someone's, you know, second place, third place win or second place win. Which he deserved because he was pushing for that first spot against Ocon. Yeah, and it and it <clears throat> it just kind of reeks. You know, I've seen a pattern here with, you know, I know it's Lewis is going for his eighth, and I wish Chaz was here for this discussion, but I'm starting to see a pattern of advantage Lewis. So. Well, actually, that brings us to our next story while we wait on Chas there. Um, Horner, Christian Horner with Red Bull said, Red Bull, bad luck will balance itself out over the second half of the season. Uh, Red Bull's boss, Christian Horner, says the team losing the lead in the Constructors' Championship and Max Verstappen's slipping behind the driver's standings is simply down to misfortune, but insists the squad's luck will balance itself out over the full course of the season. And this is a quote from Horner himself. He says, over the length of the season, it will balance itself out. And I look forward to the second half of the season. The whole team deserves to earn a well-earned break. The drivers will get some time off. And believe you me, will come fighting the second half of the championship. So, yes, it's going to be interesting. He also said about um, last weekend or last couple weekends of their uh, bad luck, basically. Obviously, it's been tough a couple weekends, but the things can turn around very quickly just as you've seen, and there's a long way to go in this championship. So, Mike, um, what do you think about that from uh, Christian Horner? Do you see any life for uh, Red Bull, possibly? Absolutely, I see life for Red Bull. They're not out of it. It's a long season. They're right there in the mix. You know, they had had a bunch of great races where, where, uh, you know, Mercedes was having bad luck, and now they've had a bunch of races where, you know, things just didn't roll their way, and that's that's part of the sport. That's what makes it so exciting to watch. So uh, they're definitely not out of it when you're sitting in second place and you're less than 100 points behind the leaders. So, uh, you know, a couple of turns here and there, he still could be in, in front for the, for the driver's championship and the constructor's championship. So... Mm-hmm. Definitely don't count them out. It's kind of like <clears throat> it's kind of like three three or four weeks in the NFL season, and you're already saying a team's you know has a must win. You don't have must wins to like week nine. Yeah. If you're sitting at 500 in week nine, then you have must wins. We're halfway through the season, and they're less. What, what's the point spread between first and second? It's like 20 points or something. 30 points. Something like that, yeah, not too much. I mean, it's not that much. That's one race. That's one race. That's one race with both Red Bulls finishing first and second, which very well could happen, or Mercedes could be right up there. It's going to be tight all the way down to the wire. It's uh, actually 12 points that separates Mercedes and Red Bull right now. 12 points. That's nothing. That's nothing. That's mm-hmm. 12 points after having two crappy weeks in yeah. a row. So, uh, you know, that, that just – tells you how much they're in this. And again, it's half the season's gone. We, we lost the race in Japan because of this Delta variant or whatever the hell is coming up now that they're dealing with. And, <laughs> and uh, uh, there's rumors that Austin's pushing for a total lockdown. So we might lose that one too. It's just, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, they had a couple of bad races, but if they have a couple of good races, they're back on top by a lot. Oh, Absolutely. And if you think about it, if you really want to look at it objectively, Red Bull had a couple of couple of things of bad luck with Mercedes. Uh, he had some incredible circum- circumstances turn their way. We'll go ahead and go into our next 
story here, and that's uh, Ferrari's engine upgrades. And they, um, this is actually very, very interesting because I was not aware of this. I don't know if you were aware of this as, as well, that um, both Carlos and Charles will receive a boost later on this season after Ferrari's boss, Benito, revealed that the Italian team will have a significant power unit development during the second half of the season. Uh, and he's quoted by saying, uh, being a third is a certain positive, uh, positive. We are third at the moment, equal points with her, but the team is doing well. We are, we are improving. I think we can achieve it, and there's no question, but it has to, has to be a consequence of, of us improving in all areas. Now, this is what gets me right here. Benito also said that we'll be bringing a power unit to development to clarify the regulations for 2021. You'll have a new power unit in 2021. It means you can bring back updates to all components, power unit, the ice, turbo, et cetera, this sort of thing. Um, we may start to the start of the season. We didn't complete it, the entire power unit development. So there's still components of which were on from last year. Basically, he was saying that the, the engine, the power unit they're using right now, there's components of that from last year on it. So the FIA regulation said that they could change those to the 2021 speculations and still be in regulation. So if they're this good, tied for third on some parts from 2020, which they were in six, and the new system's coming out, and what will we expect from Ferrari? Well, you know, we very well could not be talking about Red Bull or Mercedes by the second half of the season. <laughs> That's, it. That's very it. And, and, Leclerc, and, and Leclerc could be on his way to his first world championship out of nowhere. So, you know, when you say you say Ferrari's got a new power plant, are they also going with their Mercedes engine? I'm just wondering. No, no, no. It's just a power unit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought you were breaking out like Chaz. I don't know. but <laughs> Also, this is um, on that note as well. Uh, Carlos said he's very proud of the results uh, he's achieved in the first half of the season with Ferrari, but he says there's more to come in the second half of 2021 as he searches for consistency to match his pace. And he says, I quote, I feel like the first few races were very difficult to put the whole weekend together. There's a lot of speed, but very rarely could be put a, a lot of the whole the whole qualifying race strategy tire management starts and scores are very good res, result thanks to it but i feel that recently we've gotten a lot better and as soon as i start putting weekends together as we we're saying with race strategy tires qualifying i'm going to start being a lot more consistent not only fast so you have charles you have carlos both of them very young both of them excited to be with Ferrari. Both of them very skilled. And now both of them are energized for the second half of the season. So with that, all, all that together, I um, I know Chaz is not very bullish on Ferrari. I wish he was here to speak opposite, but I'm like you, Mike. I, I think he's very – I think I'm, I'm very bullish on Ferrari right now. Very bullish on Ferrari. Well, they're, they're definitely going to set themselves apart from McLaren. And it would be exciting to see a three-way race for the constructors and drivers' championship, especially if they have success right out the gate. You have two capable drivers. You have a young, young and up-and-coming Carlos Sainz, who's uh, uh, or Charles uh, Charles. Mm -hmm. uh, 
who's uh, uh, already pr proven that he can set the pole and set the pace in that car that they were driving. And then, of course, Carlos Sanz is the same way. So they got two, and they get along. They don't, you know, they don't mess with each other. They help each other. They, they, they're, they're very situationally aware. They're kind of like the, you know, it's like Ocon and and uh, Alonso. Alonso, uh, and I can't say enough the example that Alonso set in that race, knowing that as his teammate was in the lead, knowing that his job at that point was not to get all butthurt about that, but to help his partner and help the team by holding up Lewis. And if he had not had done that, Lewis would have won that race. Mm -hmm. So he, 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 and then to pull side by side and take a victory lap with his, to support Ocon, the young driver, uh, you know, that's, that's a class act. He is an outstanding teammate, just a class act in F1. And, and I think uh, Leclerc and Sands have the same type yeah. of chemistry with Ferrari where they're, you know, they're mutually supportive. And I think when it's time to race, they're going to race. But if one can help the other get the advantage to get the win, he's going to definitely jump in there and do that. Oh, absolutely. So that's going to be exciting. I would love to see Ferrari mix it up and be like all of a sudden, you know, two points off the constructors challenge, mixing it with Red Bull and Mercedes. That would be, that would be a cool, cool thing to see. Well, we just have to go back to uh, Monaco when um, Carlos got on the podium. I think that he got in second mm -hmm. and uh, Charles, he could have uh, went up to, I mean, he lives in Monaco. Most of them drivers do, but he lives in Monaco. He could have be he could have been in, up in his apartment having a beer doing something like that but he was down there with the engineers with the with the crew celebrating for uh Carlos that, that's something that's like wow <laughs> that's yeah. just like well, you know after he set the pole and touched the wall and knocked himself out of the race I mean you know that that's again that's just that's a classy thing to do just to go down there and support your team and support your teammate. You know, Verstappen does the same thing. He wrecked out of that race, and he was still in the pits the whole time, didn't go off and sulk, didn't leave the race course like most drivers will just leave. He stayed there, and then when when his uh, partner won the race, he, he was in the crowd cheering him on. That, that was important. I love I love seeing something like that, you know, supporting teammate, not that – even though we love competition, we love to see that, you know, I love, I love 2016 whenever – Lewis and Nico went at it, but also, you know, at the same time, love that partnership of, you know, a good teammate coming. And you see that. And if you have that, you have a successful, that's the start of a successful team right there. Mm -hmm. So even if the engine's not there, even though there's some components missing, if you have some sort of chemistry with one another, learning from one another too, and you have, you know, the ground bases become a successful team, um, which leads me to our Twitter question of this week. Will Ferrari be competitive the second half of the season? Yes or no. So make sure you log on to uh, Facebook, um, sorry, Twitter at former racing and please vote for that. In the meantime, our Twitter question that just wrapped up, who will win it first? Charles or George? And with 55% of the vote, we have Charles winning it first. And we got a comment right here. It said, if Russell goes to Mercedes-Benz, he won't win the championship while Hamilton's still there. And in terms of talent, I think Leclerc 
has more. The only question is, can Ferrari give him a car to win in? And we were just talking about Ferrari. So, Well, I have uh, to agree with that, Paul, simply because <clears throat> he is with Ferrari, and Ferrari is making great strides to be back uh, at the top of the constructors, where uh, Williams is making vast improvements, but – and it's great that both teams entered it, that ended in the points, but let's let's face reality. Had all the cars finished, they wouldn't have been in the points. Yeah. <laughs> so they're basically five cars, six car crashes away from being in the points, and that's it's 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 better. But you got to be up there battling number one with that big wide nose car of theirs. <laughs> Oh yeah, like driving a windbreak, I'm sure. <laughs> but hey, you're ha designing cars at Williams. Let's just take a brick and put wheels on it. What the hell, man? Go. <laughs> but you're happy. You had 20 points over the weekend. Not only 20 points, but the your team for so many years finally got in points for the first time. I think since. What they said, 2016. 16? 15? 15, 15 or 16, yeah. Mm -hmm. Gonna be very happy about that. That's wonderful to see. But I, like you, uh, Mike, I agree with that poll. 55% uh, Charles. I think Charles, as of right now, even if George goes to Mercedes, I think he, if Hamilton's, Hamilton's gonna be there for the next couple of years, you're gonna have. I don't know if you're going to have that that brothership, that companionship like uh, Ocon and Alonso have, and uh, Carlos and Charles has. I don't think George and Lewis will have that companionship. I don't know. I could be wrong. Right now, Lewis Hamilton is kind of like a Tom Brady. He's holding up the whole works. When when he leaves, and other people are going to have an opportunity, and you know, and I say that respectively. I don't say that. With any with any bias, he's earned that with his stellar career. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when when decisions and stuff are kind of skewered his way, I get it. I, I'm not you know I'm not naive to believe that he's going to be treated equally. He's not just like any 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 elite athlete in any sport. You're going to get treated differently. You just are. So yeah. <clears throat> You know, the same thing happens to him. He doesn't get a penalty. You know, that happened to Vettel. If he had, had some gas cap malfunction on a Mercedes car, he wouldn't have gotten knocked off the podium. Uh, so it's just one of those things, you know, until he retires. And he's earned that spot. Make no doubt about it. He's one of the greatest drivers in F1 history, and he will go down in history as one of the greatest drivers. And uh, there's you can't take that away from him. And he's still a great driver, you know, for P14, and you come up and finish third? Come on. <laughs> That's, and, and, and you only finish third because you get held up, intentionally held up for five laps? I mean, that's that's crazy. That's crazy good. So, <clears throat> but until he retires, the only one that has a chance to unseat him right now is, is uh, Verstappen. Yeah. Anybody else, especially a teammate of his on Mercedes, there's no way. There's no way. Not as long as he's on Mercedes. Because Mercedes will always gear it to him to win. And that's one of the reasons why Botas wants to leave. 
True. Very, very true. Um, but also with that, and we're going to go into some speculation right here because I know we're going off a little bit off the deep end here, but if George does go to Mercedes while Lewis Hamilton is still there, can you see something like, you know, George will push that car. He proved that in Bahrain whenever he had to fill in for Lewis Hamilton last year. He could push that car. So there's no doubt that's that's going to be Lewis and George right there. But can you see any sabotage on George's car? Possibly just get that extra lead back to Lewis, or you know, push George behind. You you could you you, you've already kind of seen a precedent set for that during Bahrain when he was P1, and all of a sudden he had a mechanical difficulty, which knocked him out of the top three. You know, Mm -hmm. in a race that he was dominating in Lewis's car, so. And, you know, the argument can be made that Mercedes didn't want somebody else to jump in the car and prove that it wasn't all Lewis and his driving that were winning. It was also the vehicle that he was driving, and which is fine. I don't think, you know, my counter-argument to that is that doesn't make any sense. I would still want to win the race with the car. But uh, if Lewis goes to, to Mercedes, the only saving grace will be that he will not be with Lewis for very long maybe a year or two at the most, and then Lewis will retire. I think Lewis is getting – I think Lewis wants to get his eighth eighth championship, and he's going to retire. I think he wants to. Oh, yeah. You know, he's 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 been already been around longer than Schumacher and Alain Prost. And, I mean, it's, it's F1 is about a seven- to ten-year career, unless you're Raikkonen, who just does it for the fun of it. <laughs> or metal who's in his 15th or 16th year but uh you know that's that's the odd that's the <clears throat> that's the odd man out and i think he wants to do other things and and uh you know I, I'll, I'll stand by my statement that if he wins the driver's championship this year he'll he'll retire Well, back to Charles here. He's in seventh place right now with 80 points. Uh, and 33 points separates him and third place Lando Norris. Uh, you have to go up to Lewis Hamilton, who's at 195. Max is at 187. So eight points separate those two. Uh, but you mentioned earlier that if I could give him a car, he could you know push for that championship. But he's a good over 100 points away from that. But. Yeah, I mean it could go either way. So that's what that's a one race that's a one race gap. And you think about it, Lewis caught up and is only what was it eight points ahead of Verstappen, and that's after mm-hmm. two of two two races where, where Max didn't even finish in the points. So that's how far ahead he was. Well, what about Charles here in seventh place with eighty points? Well, I mean, I don't think he's going to be in the running for the championship unless a lot of bad things happen to Verstappen and Hamilton. But he very well could hit the top four if he podiums at least three or four more times. Well, said before, he's only – well, he's 33 points out of third place uh, where Lando Norris is at. So he could move up into that spot at least for third comfortably and just uh, within a few races and just – Yeah, well, we'll see what Ferrari has. You know, they might be they might be finishing P1, P2 for the rest of the year, and that could just be the difference. So, you know. As you a know, Ferrari fan, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Chas might have say have something to say about that, but um, no, he's a Mercedes guy. He's like a New York Yankees fan, you know. 
You love them or you hate them. <laughs> Very true. Very true. But um, and Foul Animal, finally, uh, our thoughts on the first half of this year, what stood out for me basically, um, coming, and we're, we're just talking about this, coming from in the Constructors Championship from sixth to third, I have to say Ferrari. I was going to go with Lando Norris, which is a very good, you know, pick too. But as a Ferrari guy, that stood out for me, you know, Ferrari moving up in tie for third place and even surpassing it if all goes well with their new power unit. What about you, Mike? I can agree with that. Anything else stood out to you for the first half of the season? Well, I'm glad I'm glad my prediction that Williams, Williams is going to climb out of the basement and improve. <laughs> Is coming through. Uh, you know, it, it's. <clears throat> I, I really, I really want to see Williams back into some sort of prominence before we lose Frank, because it would be, you know, it would just just to honor the man that brought an independent team into this game and was dominant. I mean, dominant for so many years. I mean, you think Mercedes and Red Bull are dominant now. There was a time when Williams was – nobody was beating Williams. Nobody. I mean, Nigel Mansell was running – Ayrton Senna. I mean, it was it was just one year after the next, Williams was always – I mean, they ran the record up. I was watching a YouTube video on it, and they got like 17 constructors championships and nine drivers championships. It's just unreal. That an independent, small independent team could could achieve that much in in, the, in, the, in a sport where basically big money wins. I mean, he did it all uh, on a shoestring budget, and it's it's that's to be honored. And so, hopefully, you know, they can get a better designed car that doesn't you know break up the wind for semi trucks behind it, and uh, <laughs> continue to improve. I think well, this is. First lap. This was the first. Uh, this was the first race. I believe they weren't lapped. They were in the points and they weren't lapped. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I think I'd have to go back and look. I think I remember seeing that. I think you're right. Honestly, um, but I'm gonna go back to Elena Norris here for a minute and just what he's doing at McLaren and what he's pushing that car to do. You figure you have. And we talked about this extensively, but you have Ricardo. You know, I love him. He's a good driver. But he's been in the business for 10 years, roughly. And you have not a rookie, but, you know, relative rookie in Lando Norris. And Lando's outpacing him. Mm -hmm. Constantly. I mean, I think there's only one race this season that uh, Ricardo finished on top of Lando. If I'm not mistaken, but if he keeps this up and if he could get like, uh, well, for instance, McLaren was going to, it's going to have some more money coming into uh, already has some more money coming into their pocketbook right now with uh, the sale of their facility of $285 million where they're going to go into R and D, especially for the 2022 car. <clears throat> Excuse me. So if that really happens and that car really performs, really, you know, exceeds expectations per se, you could see Lando Norris 
um, as one of McLaren's best drivers. I could see him up there with a Nicolato. I see him up there with a James Hunt. Um, Hamilton. Hamilton. Um, Prost. Senna. That sort of thing. If they could give him a good car, good enough car, he could definitely win champ- not just one, but many championships. And we were all, you know, we we're all up on the, the Ferrari bandwagon, but let's not count out McLaren. They've been solid. Yep. They haven't fallen off. They haven't fallen off. They've been in the mix every single race. They've been in the top five or top six every single race. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've been scoring points and just being steady. I think they just need to get a little more pace. Uh, but you know, we they're also in the garage right now making improvements on their car quietly. So you know, we could it could blow up everything. <laughs> It could blow up all our predictions, and we'll mess around and have McLaren and, and Honda going forward, or McLaren. And Mer- it, it very well could happen. Uh, you know, Zach Brown's got that team wired tight and uh, two good drivers, and you know it's going to be an exciting second half. I, I can't wait, and I just hope that the mayor of Austin gets distracted by something else and doesn't want to shut down our city, uh, and, and that we have a race here in in October because uh, you know that's. Not only is it good for our economy here, but it gives us a chance to get a media pass and be in the paddock. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, back to uh, Lando here for a second. I know we just, we talked about this last week, but he he was up to that point. He was the only driver to score points in every single race this season up to the last season and it was not his fault it was just some bad luck that got that botas ran right in back of him and no, he, took, well, he took out the half the field yeah so yeah i see really good things out of lando too so i mean it was tough to you know for me who, who stood out the most between the two was it lando was it uh, was it Ferrari? Was it Charles? Was it was it Red Bull? You know, you could throw Red Bull in there. Red Bull will be back. I think they're not going to be down for long. I mean, it's really the bad luck they've been having. It's just two, really, just two races, if you think about it. Oh yeah, and knowing Christian Horner and honestly, knowing Max. Max has that winning mentality. He wants to go in every race. If he's, and he has that mentality. If you're not first, you're last. So he he was almost born a winner, basically, with that mentality. He just wants to win and w- win every race. And this, So we'll see how the next, second half of the season, which, by the way, I think we only had 11 races so far. We have now 12 Sorry. Yeah, 12 so, left. If everything goes according to plan, who knows? Yeah. You know, um, as, as your point there, too, we're going to talk about more, more of this next week because uh, the Japanese Grand Prix seems like it's uh, might be canceled as well, but we'll get hopefully more information and more strong details on that for next week. But uh, I know the 
the head of Circuit of Americas here, Circuit of Americas here in Austin, definitely wants not just this race to be kept, but he wants a second race here in Austin. So well, they could pick up that Japanese race. That'd be awesome. And and again, this nothing is in, nothing has hit the news yet. And I just want to make everybody clear: this is just chatter that I hear through social media uh, and through the mayor's office on his Twitter and all that other crap that. Uh, because of the Delta variant and apparently invisible people are in our hospitals because I don't, you know, I drive by the hospitals every night and they're the same as before. I don't see anybody. But anyway, that, that aside, uh, hopefully he does not get his way and we get locked down. Mm-hmm. Well, also keep in mind, we have something to, we have to fill in Australia because Australia has been canceled. So that's yeah. an open date right there. So something has to fill in that gap. So oh, we could get three. Oh, God. Really make me excited there, man. Come on. <laughs> Three with uh, the form of racing private booth sponsored by Dr. Pepper. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I can see that. With, with with media access to the paddock, I just want you know what I just want to talk to those sky the sky sports guys. Okay, that was definitely great. I don't know if you saw oh, I love you the last race. Uh, who was it that uh, was it? Carlos, I think it was Carlos. They were interviewing him, and they got word that he was that the marshals wanted to talk to him about something, and he had not gotten word yet. So the guys like, so uh, we just got word that the marshals want to talk to you. And it's like a school kid that gets caught, you know, in the hallway by another teacher, <laughs> and like everybody knows what's going on with him. And <laughs> he cut his cut his interview short. He's like, oh, gotta go. <laughs> The guy's calling after him. Yeah, sorry to break the bad news, buddy. Did you see that? It was amazing. It was the greatest thing. It was that that was Carlos, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was Carlos Sainz. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like, know. I hate, was... bearer, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, and Carlos was like, "What the hell did I do?" <laughs> was that a practical joke or something they were pulling on him? No, no. He had to go. Well, they got they got it in their ear. The production, it's like, hey, Carlos is going to have to go see. And it, like a breaking story, but Carlos hadn't heard yet. But they didn't know that when they talked to him. They assumed that he had already known and that they were just getting the information so they could ask him a question. And when they asked him the question, he's like, what are you talking about? And then they realized that he didn't know. So it was just one of the biggest awkward moments in F1 history. It was great. I had to go back and watch it a couple times just because I thought it was so funny. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. I mean, I feel bad for Carlos, but I mean, that was comedy gold. That was great. I love it. Which, by the way, Mike, I want to thank you for earlier in the video for taking your shirt off and get us demonetized. So, appreciate that. And there goes our uh, Paddock's Paddock's Trying to drive up the viewership of the lady folks. <laughs> well, good luck, Matt. <laughs>
<laughs> I don't know where to take this now, so <laughs> I guess we call it a day. I don't know. <laughs> if you like, share, and subscribe, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Former Racing. Email us if you have a topic, theformerracing at gmail.com. And hopefully we'll see you next time right here on the F1 Starting Grid. <laughs>